0: Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology, because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. Yes, Lord. In Idaho Falls, as it is in heaven. In Southeast Idaho, as it is in heaven. In Idaho, as it is in heaven. In the Northwest as it is in heaven, in the United States, as it is in heaven, in this continent, as it is in heaven, in this world, as it is in heaven. Father, we just pray for an outpouring of your spirit where there would be an increase of an awareness of you, an increase of the awareness of who you are, an increase of the awareness that you are present, that you are right here, that you're not a pat us on the bottom, on the backside and send us on our way and I'll see you at the other side, God. But you're a God who is with us and who shall not forsake us. You're a God who says that you placed your spirit to live inside of us, who now claims us as temples of the Holy Spirit. You're a God who says that you will empower us by your spirit that your spirit would come and rest upon us just as the spirit came and rested upon Jesus. Just as the prophets and the kings of old where the Holy Spirit would come upon them, you've said that we would be such as these. We would be empowered by you. But your word also says to give honor where honor is due. There's an importance in us acknowledging that God is here with us. And I believe that's what God is doing here in our our region in specific. He's raising this awareness that God, God really is here with you and he wants to walk with you and he wants your attention. He wants to lead you, he wants to guide you. And so we just invite that Lord, we just say yes. We say yes to that. We want God's way all the way. Can I get an amen from somebody? That's, that's good. I want God's way all the way, right? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. I just want to spend a little bit of, of time uh, here this morning in, in, well, we'll start here and we'll see where God wants to take us, but uh, uh, this story in 1 Samuel has been, um, has been really on my heart recently and just reading about David, right? David, this man after God's own heart.
1: David,
0: David, right? It comes on in the story as King Saul um, has been anointed king. He makes some dumb decisions. Anyone ever make dumb decisions? Yeah, we're all like, yeah, amen. Hey, I can praise Jesus for that. (laughs) He makes some dumb decisions. And in in that time period, Uh, it's, it's different from what we have in the New Covenant because in that time period, the Spirit of God would come upon and empower just a few people at a time. And so it wasn't available for everyone at one time. And the Holy Spirit came and empowered the kings to be kings. And when Saul stepped outside of what he was supposed to, the Spirit of God then departed from him and came upon David. And uh, over this time period, we see that uh, David is, becomes a servant of King Saul, even though um, he's anointed to be king. It, it just goes to tell you, like, God can anoint you to do something, but you may have to wait a little bit. Anybody in that waiting season? I know there's more. I know there's more than that. There's some people in that, in that waiting season. And I just want to let you know, it's normal. It's normal to, to feel that waiting. Like I haven't, I'm not fully there yet. There's more that God is going to do. I'm, I'm just getting started. Maybe that's a word for somebody. I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started in, in, in what God's doing. And, and, and so uh, David uh, ends up getting chased by King Saul you guys remember this? It's chasing them around from different places, and eventually they end up in uh, near this near this cave. And um, I want to just pick up here in First Samuel uh, twenty-three, starting in verse twenty-four. Says, and they rose and they went to Ziph ahead of Saul, speaking of David and his men. And David and his men were in the wilderness of Ma'an in the. Uh, Ereba, to the south of Jeshimon. And Saul and his men went to seek him. Uh, And David was told, and so he went down to the rock, and he lived in the wilderness of Maan. And when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Maan. Saul went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men went to the other side of the mountain. And David was hurrying to get away from Saul, and Saul and his men were closing in on David and his men to capture them. A messenger came to Saul saying, hurry and come, for the Philistines have made a raid against the land. And so Saul turned and pursuing after uh, from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. This just goes, it was just a reminder. This is a side note and totally extra so you don't have to pay more for this or anything. Um but pay attention to those people who you have in your life and pay attention to what they're saying in your life because they might be saying things that might actually be a distraction to what God's calling you to do in your life. Pay attention to those, those voices. And so Saul returned from pursuing after David. He went against the Philistines. Uh, therefore, the place was called the Rock of Escape. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of Engedi. When Saul returned from following the Philistines and so he got back on to what he was uh, what he was doing, he was told, behold David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3000 chosen men out of Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of the wild goats rocks. And he came to the sheepfolds by way, by the way, where there was a cave, and Saul went in to relieve himself. Y'all knew it was coming. (laughs) You knew it was coming. This is not like a super spiritual thing. This is a physical thing. (laughs) You see, and, and sometimes pastors like to, you know, hyper spiritualized stuff and just be like, there was a release. You know, I, I, I use that sometimes when I go to the bathroom. I'm like, release in the name of Jesus. So if you, hear me, if you hear me shouting, that is what's going on. And so he is relieving himself. It says, now David and the men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave, and the men of David said to him, here is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will give your enemy into your hand and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. That would take some nerves, right? And afterward, David's heart struck him. Here's here's where it got fascinating for me. Afterward, David's heart struck him because he had cut off the corner of Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded the men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. Here's where I was thinking on. David knew God's plan. David knew that God had set out a path, and he compromised on that by cutting corners. And I wondered if some of us this morning have been cutting corners. And I just I, I just implore us this morning to just be considering this. Where have we been, been cutting corners in, in our life? We can cut corners by knowing God's ways and not following, just disobedience, but we can also cut corners by not seeking God's way, by not asking, what is your way? What, what corners have I cut? I realized um, as I was preparing this week, the Lord brought that conviction just as he did for David and I, as I'm just kind of emptying out a little bit for you guys, um, I'm going to ask you guys to just be doing the same. Allow the Holy Spirit to be convicting you of, of some corners that you've been cutting, some places where you've sought to receive God's promise, but you've cut out God's prescribed process. Here's, here's what got me this week, one of, one of the things the first is this, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Everyone's like, where is he going with this? See, I, I, wanted, I wanted that promise without the process that's found in Ephesians 5.25 that says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I'm not saying that I, I did anything horrible to Alicia, but I'm saying there's more that I ought to be doing to fully be laying down my life for her, like Jesus laid his life down for for the church. Cutting corners. Where have you where have you cut cut corners? Again. Either knowing God's ways and not following or not seeking God's ways. And one of the ways that I feel like God was leading me to share this morning was by way of money. Have we been cutting corners on our money? Money's kind of a big deal in the Bible. It's roughly 25% of the words in the Gospels go towards resources that God has entrusted us with. There's 28 passages in the Gospels. Between the Old Testament and New Testament, there's 800 verses on planning, budgeting, saving, investing. Possessions are mentioned 2,172 times, which is three times more than the Bible will talk about love, and seven more times than it talks about prayer. You've heard these statistics if you've been around here for a while, because I like to point them out. It's important to talk about money, and the question is, have we been cutting corners on, on our money? what's the basic concept when it comes to our our finances? What's the basic concept when it comes to our possessions? It's it's this, I will have no other God before you. That means God is one God, we can't have two. And so the concept of a Lord or a God is is that he's over it all. Every single aspect of, of it, God impressed this upon upon His people. You can only have one God, and here's how God instructs us to steward our our money. In Proverbs three nine, it says, "Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce, all of it." So, what did this what did this look like? Because here's here's the question that we uh, or Uh, Let me say it like this. Here's the way that we can often cut corners when it comes to finances. We begin to ask questions like this. Um, How far is too far? How how little can I do to be still in the blessing of the Lord? How how close to that line can I get? Right? And we do this in so many different areas. You know, you're not supposed to get drunk. Okay, so I know I get drunk at, Three drinks, and so if I have one drink, is that too many? Am I, am I feeling? If I'm feeling buzzed, is that wh- wh- right? And we're saying, well, can I get closer? Can I get closer? Can I get closer? Where's 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 that line? And so here, w- with giving, a lot of times we we get to saying, so uh, well, here's here's where I've been. Let me say it this way. Uh, I've gone down this concept of, well, the Old Testament has the Levitical law, but in the New Testament, we don't have to live by that law anymore, so I don't have to give. People are like, uh, so yes or no, am I supposed to be nodding, am I supposed to be, what am I supposed to be doing, like, what, what's happening here? Let's, let's go through and, and look at some, uh, some verses about giving and give us, build us a, a concept of what giving looks like in, in the Bible. So Genesis 14, this is before the Levitical, Levitical law. It says, uh, in Genesis 14:20, it tells us that Abram gave him tithes of all, all the way back to Abraham. And then Jacob in Genesis 28, it says, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house and all that you give me I will give you a full, a tenth. And then with Moses in Numbers 18, Leviticus 27, I'm not gonna go through all of these verses but take your notes if you wanna go into deeper, uh, delve deeper into it. The instruction to the people was to continue to Tithe. Leviticus 27:30 spoke about all the tithe of the land. And then post-exilic Israel in Nehemiah 13:12 says, Then brought all Judah the tithe of the corn and the new wine and the oil into the treasuries. And does this stop in the New Testament? We get to this fascinating verse in Matthew 23 where Jesus says, Woe to you! Which I learned something this week about the, the woe. Did you guys know uh, like, how good they were at mourning in, in the Bible times? So good that they would actually hire professional mourners. They would hire people to come in and be like, "Whoa!" just to announce so that everyone knew that death was, death was coming. And so Jesus here is saying, "Woe to you. Death." Is coming, scribes and Pharisees, death is coming to your ways, you hypocrites, hypocrites. For you tithe your mint and your dill and your cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. As you read this, some people make this excuse: oh, that means we just have to focus on justice and loving these people, right? That means we can do away with the old, right? No, he's saying it's, there's a death coming to, to choosing one of those. There's a death, choosing to, uh, death coming to choosing one of those. Now, where would these tithes go to? Because that's important too. What, are, what would these tithes be used for? Numbers 18.21 gives us some direction. It says, to the Levites, I have given every tithe in Israel for an inheritance... In return for their services that they do, so these this money was being given towards them for the services that they're doing in the tent of of meeting, so that the people of Israel do not come near to the tent of meeting lest they bear sin, bear sin and die. But the Levites shall do the service of the tent of meeting; they shall go and bear uh, their iniquity. They shall. They're working in the house of the Lord. Now here's the question. Does this end with the Levitical law or do we see this throughout the New Testament? Tithes being given towards the house of the Lord to go towards ministers and the house of the Lord. We see this continue going. In 1 Corinthians 9, do you not know that those who are employed at the temple service get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings in the same way? The Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. And so continuing to just bring this towards practicality, right? So what is is a tithe? Literally, that's meaning a tenth. It's meaning 10 percent. Now, here's kind of this is Ben, and this is not the Lord, but for ben i I see this and I hear about this, and I'm like, to say specifically ten percent, that seems really like legalistic that That's just where my my mind goes and i'm I'm thinking like all of all of the ways that Jesus like increased. The, as he came to be the fulfillment of, of the Old Testament, I'm like, uh, oh oh man, oh man. And so here's, here's the definition that I put to a tithe. A tithe was a percentage committed unto the Lord, given to the house of the Lord for ministry, for its workers, and the house itself. And so we see this as a very clear biblical concept, Old Testament and new but then there's actually something additional that is talked about in, in different words. And that word is to give offerings. So you have the tithe and you have the, the offerings. It says in, uh, in Deuteronomy 16, 17 and also Leviticus 2, 1, that every man shall give as he is able. Give. There's a difference in the word that's used there between give and and, and tithe. David writes in the Psalms, bring an offering as you come into the Lord. You see in Genesis chapter eight as uh, with, with Noah as he comes out of the boat, um, it, it says, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal, some of every clean bird, and burnt offerings there on, on the altar. So it was it was more than more than a tithe. Here's another question: Does this offering continue on in the New Testament? This is a lot of Bible I'm just throwing at you guys, but let's let's soak it in. Second Corinthians chapter nine, as Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, encouraging them to give their offerings. It says in 2 Corinthians 9:6 the point is this whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one of us must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion. We we know this verse because I've really made it a point for us to know this verse here, here in our church. When it, comes to, when it comes to giving, I don't want to stand over you with a basket and say, put the money in the basket. Okay? We have them up front. We've got them in the back. We've got them out, out front of the building. It's, it's something we get to participate in. Something we get to do. So tithing was the example for God's people. It was, it was more than just a Levitical law. This was a marker of God's, of God's people. And, and one of the things I, I think of is like how God said, you will be holy as I am, am holy. That means you will be set apart. This is how you will look. This is how you will stand out. This is, this is how you, people will know. This is one of those this is one of those markers. offering was in addition to the tithe and offering was a chosen amount something that you uh, an amount that you chose to to give and again just going back to the whole concept that Jesus came to fulfill not dispose of right He came to fulfill the law and the prophets but not dispose of it in Matthew chapter 5, 17. Write that down. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And so if I just stop there, you could be wondering, all right, so what does that fulfillment look like? Hmm, say it again. Not, anyone know what a tittle is? This is a little mark. I've been called a tittle. (laughs) Do you like that? I need a shirt. I need a shirt. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, there's a time frame that he just gave us there. Has heaven and earth passed away? Then not an iota or a dot. I like tittle better. That's King James, right? Tittle. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> I just went to like potty training. And tittle. anyways. Oh, the baby yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, as Jesus came to fulfill uh, the law and the prophets, uh, we no longer have to do sacrifices. We get to have our whole life as the sacrifice. Amen. It's in Romans 12:1 where it says, "I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your whole bodies as a living sacrifice." Anybody glad that it's a living sacrifice and we don't have to, you know, yeah. praise Jesus. Praise Jesus for that. And so, as we come into the the body of Christ, this is we get to we get to participate we get to have this as a part of our lives. Now let's get super, super practical now. In terms of how we function as a church, in terms of how we view tithes and offerings. Here's here would be my my encouragement. Think of all your stuff this way. It's all God's. It's, it's gotta start there. It's 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 all God's. I'm not I'm not the owner of the stuff in my life. When when I pray in the morning about my family, I'm saying, God. This is, this is your family. How do you want me to love my wife? How do you want me to parent my kids? And then I come to church, God, this is your church. Whatever you want it to look like, whatever you want it to do, whatever size you want it to do, whatever, all, all of it, it's all for you. For most of us, he's not telling us to sell all of our belongings and give it away. For some of us, he he may ask us to do that. We see that in the Bible. But the example of his people is that they would come before him and choose an amount to be giving to him on a normal basis. So, what's, have you had that, that interaction with God? God, what do you want me to be giving? What should be my, my tithe? I've been encouraging some of our, our leadership team to just ask, ask that question. It's not about Ben demanding over, over you. It's not about the church demanding over you. This is between you and God. Like, I'm good if I never have to think about money again. I, it, practically, it's not something that actually gets to happen. But it's something that we have to do. God, what, what do you want me to set aside as, as a tithe? And then offerings. So when it comes to tithes, you don't get to choose what it goes towards. God has already chose that. That's giving towards the house and the ministry of the house. When it comes to offerings, these are for other, other things that come up where God like, moves in your heart and you're like, oh man, I, I wanna give towards that. I wanna give towards these people. I wanna give towards this specific ministry. This is something you get to, you get to choose So think it through. I, I, want, I want that to be homework this week because I'm not asking us to come here and, and just listen to me speak. Like that. There's so much better stuff you could do with your time, but let's, let's really walk with Jesus, right? I, I, love, I love this in Malachi, and Lori, if you could come help me, help me close. When you tithe faithfully and give offerings faithfully in obedience, there's always more than enough. It could could anybody like testify to that? You want to testify to that? Come here. Right Come here.
2: <laughs> I don't I don't like I don't really get up and talk to people, but this is something that's affected me drastically in my life and and uh I, I have two quick examples really here, you know. Uh, um, I believe I'm blessed because I'm a good steward with what God gives me. I don't believe that I am i get it and then I just give it, you know. I believe the reason why I have it is because I do give it. Um, probably eight years ago, right after I got saved, uh, our pastor was giving us a, a teaching on on this exact same thing here. And uh, how Elijah asked for a double portion. And our church got the word that year to, to just boldly ask the congregation to give a double portion. And that was like, wow. I mean, and at this time, I'm, like I said, I'm a new believer. And the la- last thing I want to do is give any of my money away. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I stepped into it and I did it. And that year, that exact year, my business is gross profit doubled and my net profit tripled that year. And I like I said, I believe that that's um, because I'm a steward of what I'm getting. Literally right before Christmas, it was a really hard time for my business and somebody accidentally deposited $16,900 into one of my bank accounts. And Come to find out this guy's got a lot of money. Probably never would have even noticed it was gone. It was at a cattle association. And uh, I see it, and I immediately go right over the bank, said, you know, Sherry, I think I'm playing Monopoly right now. And she's all, what do you mean? I says, well, have you ever get that community chance card that says bank error in your favor? Collect $200. I'm like, that's what happened to me today. So uh, there's $16,900 in my bank account that isn't mine. And she looks it up and she's, yeah, it's not yours. And uh, so we take care of it and I just leave. Two days later, and I don't know what happened, I don't know the details of what happened, but somebody from that cattle association's car broke down and they brought it into my shop and I got to fix it. And it was a $4,000 job. You know, it's not a, it's not a vending machine. You know, I'm not trying to say it's a vending machine, but I'm just saying that, you know, you 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 are a steward with what you're giving. You make the right decisions, and there is a blessing that you'll receive from it, whether it's money or whether it's something else. I mean, there's gifts all over the place. I mean, I was talking with one of my buddies who's like, uh, and this is, you know, I'm not going to name names, but he was like really beat up because he's given his life and everything he has to God, and he's not getting anywhere financially. And I'm like. Look at all the other gifts you have. You know, you keep, can, you. you it, it's not all, it's not all just money. You know, he, 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 he's, the things he's receiving and, and, and the other gifts that he's getting is, is what he is a proper steward of.
1: I'm sorry. Okay. I feel like, I feel like God's stirring on my heart for something. And it's, I dare you to double. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> I, know, I know he does. He, but I really felt like, like we can testify of what God's done in our life when we doubled. And sometimes that seems like a stretch, and it seems really hard. But I dare you to double. I dare you to double. And I know God. I know how he, how he blesses us and and i want to see him bless you the way that he has blessed us
0: yeah amen amen that's a good word that's a good word i double double i dare you to double i like that can i can i say one more thing about that i wasn't gonna share this because i was we were talking about cutting corners One of the things the Lord showed to me and convicted me over in terms of cutting corners was declaring with my mouth that I wasn't supposed to be a a pastor of, of a bigger church. And as I came into this season, God said, pray for it to double. And then we were at a conference recently and someone prophesied over us and spoke this word saying someone in your group has spoken with their mouth that this thing isn't going to grow I was I was not on the path on the right thinking path that God had me on and so what's where are you cutting corners in your life by the way I repent I do. Before you, before everybody, I, I do. Because God's doing something special. We're watching it. We're watching miracles take place. We're watching people get healed. We're watching, we baptize, we had a hand in baptizing somewhere around 90 people last year. It does not reflect right here and right now, but our our reach, this We are a people that walk by faith, not by sight. So we're calling forth the things that are not yet as if they are. Would you guys stand to your feet with me? Holy Spirit, we invite you this morning into our lives. We declare it every single Sunday that we don't want anybody to come in here and not be transformed. And so transform us, God. Show us anywhere in our lives where we are cutting corners. Yeah. Stephen, Cindy, would you come and send us out?
1: Yeah. Man. Oh, Lord. I'm guilty of cutting corners. Are you? that's something that you can look at yourself and go, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. I've even held back tithes, haven't I? And God says, don't you do that. You give it. I got a raise when that happened, and I didn't hold it back. I got my job back when that happened, and I didn't hold it back. We've had people from our past reach out and say, I need your help. And we could help them, not financially, but we could help them with our, who we are, with the love. And don't cut those corners. There is a process to the promise. Step into that, step into that process. It's not always gonna be what you look like, what it looks like. And when you rationalize in your own mind what you think you need to do, then you become God. Your will becomes your God. Your decisions become your God. Don't do that. Let the process happen for that promise. God, we just thank you so much for who you are. Lord, just speak to every single person in this place. As we all step out into that process, Lord, and we say, what would you have me do? I'm available to you, Lord. I'm here for you. I'm here to listen. I'm here to contribute to your cause. I'm here to contribute to this body of Christ. Lord, would you just speak to each person in this place? What would you have me do? Open our ears, open our hearts. God, and and remind us that when we double, you double too. Oh, we just thank you so much. Prayer teams, would you come forward?
0: So, as they come forward, <clears throat> we truly believe that when we pray, God hears our prayers, that He responds to our prayers. And so, that being said, it's an honor and a privilege for us and our prayer team, to pray with you guys. Anything you need, we'll pray for you, um, and we know that God is going to hear. He's going to react to that. It might not be right now. It might not be tomorrow, but God hears, and He will react to that, and so from that, we just, we invite you guys to come up and and pray with our prayer team, Um, and we'll also be in the back as well um, to pray with you guys as well.
1: And if you have nothing that you would like or need prayer for, until we meet again, the Lord bless you, protect you, make his face shine on you. May he be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you. May he give you peace. And may you walk in the power, the authority, and the victory given to you in Jesus. We'll see you next Sunday should the Lord delay his coming.
0: Hey, thanks again for letting us be a part of your life. We pray that this time has just been life-giving to you. And if it has, if this has been a blessing towards you, there's a few things that you can do in return. If you haven't given already, we would be so grateful for your financial partnership and helping us to continue to empower people with the love and the power of Jesus Christ. So you can give on our website at risechurchid.org. We would also love if you would like or review us on any of our social media platforms. We would also love for you to share it with a friend and maybe tag us. So thank you so much again for letting us be a part of your life. We're praying that Jesus would empower you by his Holy Spirit to bring transformation to the world around you. Love you and God bless.